0: So as soon as I graduated, I actually sold everything I owned. I bought a one way t- t- ticket to Egypt and I just hit the road for like over a year. I was traveling by myself through parts of Africa and Asia and then eventually I made my way over to Europe and then.
1: I know this isn't really related to yeah. much of anything, but I just <laughs> okay. feel like we brushed past the whole I bought a one way ticket to Egypt. Yeah. Thing, like I was going to say the same thing.
0: <laughs>
2: You're listening to For The Record, a conversation about music, mixing, and the creative industry. Today's guest is Laken. Lakin is a recording artist who decided not to become a recording artist to then later become a recording artist. It all worked out well though because she's
1: currently finishing up her first ever national tour. Ah, well, welcome back to For The Record. Today's guest... <laughs> that I was, was like, what was that?
2: that? was sitcom level t- timing. <laughs> that couldn't
1: have gone better. All right, take two. We're not even. <laughs> no, 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 up. no. That's the that's the real. That's it. That that is that is the real one. That's the one. Yeah. Wel- a- <laughs> here we're just we're just going in. Welcome to for the record, Laken. Welcome. Glad you could make it. Finally. <laughs> um, this conversation has been too many months in the making. Yes, but it finally happened. Very so, excited. Welcome to the studio. Glad you could make it. Uh, so you're currently on tour right now, right?
0: Yes, I am currently in the middle of my Jealous 2022 tour.
1: Fun. So. Fun. Is this your first tour of its kind?
0: It is my first national tour as a solo artist, so that's okay. very exciting.
1: So how did you how did you get that gig? What did, what was that process like?
0: Uh, it was very. <laughs> unplanned, I would say. I think in almost a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, I was with a coworker at work and I had pretty much said I wasn't gonna do music anymore. And she was like, no, you should do this, like, just do one song and it'll be fine. Mm. So one song turned into seven songs, which turned into an album and music videos and a ton of press everywhere. And I just felt like I was always on the go and felt like I was doing a thousand things at once. Yeah. And then finally when that started to calm down, I was like, okay, you know what, cool, holiday season, I'm going to take January off and just kind of relax, I'm going to chill. Was that
1: this January? Yeah,
0: that was this January. Okay. And then I got a phone call from a guy who does a lot of tours and that kind of thing, and he was like, hey, I found your music on Spotify, on these playlists, like, I want to put you on tour. Dang. So I didn't even think twice about it, I just said yes, but I told him, I was like, look, I'm not going to go on tour with my old album. I think I'll use maybe one or two songs. So I had six weeks and I rewrote like an entire show, like a 40 minute set just to take on tour with me specifically. And wow. it was six weeks of in the studio with producers, negotiating things with other people, getting choreography ready for the dancers, trying to build up my team for every city I'm in. It was crazy. That but, happened fast. Yeah. So in less than a year, it was like,
1: yeah. Well, cause when we <laughs> first talked, I think that was before January, right?
0: I have no idea. I feel
1: like it was in like December that I first was like, like reaching out to people to come on. Oh so yeah. Like,
0: so that would have been pre me knowing anything about the store. Wow. So, <laughs> so much is true. So it's a
1: good thing that it took a long time. Now yeah. there's lots to talk about.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: so all of those different pieces, like I've just been thinking like choreographed dancers, writing all the music, all those things were those things that you just innately knew. Like I have to get all these things together for this or did like, how did you figure all that out? Because as soon as you were listing all that off, I'm like, yeah, dang, that's a lot. Especially if two months ago, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to do this anymore. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I always had this picture in my head, like if I ever was going to go on tour as a solo artist, what my live set would look like. Mm-hmm. So I think as soon as I said yes, and we had the contract signed and everything, it was just a matter of like, let's get all of this mm-hmm. going. Okay, So that is cool. Yeah.
1: So before January and all of this happened, <laughs> You. It sounds like you were moving in a direction of wanting to do music, but then you're feeling kind of hopeless. Oh, so yeah. So like backing up like a lot, a lot, a lot, yeah. how did you ever get started with music?
0: So I actually got started with music when I was much younger. I think I was 12 when I booked my first show. Wow. Uh, I was actually doing Broadway Chicago at the time, so oh, nice. I was a little 12-year-old on stage with my jazz hands. Um, after that, when I was 18, I was fortunate enough to be accepted to Berklee College of Music. Okay. So shout out to Berklee. I went there and I immediately joined up with this EDM group. And we were a combination of DJing with live vocals and instruments. So we went okay. on like a Northeast tour with that group for a while. And then I finished Berkeley in about two years. I did my degree in <laughs> half the time. Mm-hmm. And sorry,
1: you toured with an EDM group. Yeah. Just like the Northeast. (laughs) What did that, what was your role in touring with an EDM group? Also, Lucas, I expect you to be a part of this part of the conversation. EDM is literally his world. It may or may (laughs) not be the main thing I do. There you go. It's
2: the main thing he does. It's, which is funny because Jeremiah is more of a purist. So we, I am. It's it's,
1: it's like sometimes I wonder, how did I get hired here? I'm like, EDM is great, but just give me an acoustic guitar, please. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) not about this. So on tour with an EDM group, what was your role in that?
0: So my role is we were a group of four, three guys, one girl. Uh, Two of us were designated singers and the other two were just DJs, instrumentalists. Okay. Um, As a singer, I was also expected to know how to DJ and play many instruments and we would do it like a traditional DJ set. So we would get hired for clubs or different kinds of parties. And essentially, we would each take turns up in the DJ booth and we would just throw down any of one of these random songs. And we had literally hundreds of songs in our bank that we could play Mm -hmm. and we would just have to listen to it. And if I knew it was going to be a female lead, I would have to jump on the mic. Someone might grab like the drum pad. Someone might grab the synth and the other person's DJing. And then the next song will throw down. And maybe now the male singer goes up and sings and I might be on synth and somebody else switches to something else. And it just keeps rotating that way.
1: That sounds stressful. Like it sounds cool, but it sounds stressful.
0: It definitely teaches you to like kind of think on your feet all the time. Yeah. So that was a good learning lesson, I guess.
1: Yeah, Um, and how old were you when you did that?
0: I started that when I was 18, so that was wild just kind of jumping straight into all of that world, especially having come from musical theater, Broadway work, and now all of a sudden I'm in these nightclubs and there's flashing lights everywhere and we have LED everything Mm -hmm. and it was just... It was a lot, but fun.
2: Yeah. Were you into, like, the EDM scene musically at all, like, in terms of listening, or was that just (laughs) brand new to you?
0: It was completely brand new to me. Um, I was actually... It was opening night for a musical I was in when I got notification that after... I sent in a virtual audition for them, and they called me up literally five minutes before we were supposed to start our show, and they were like, we'd love to have you in this group, and I knew nothing about EDM. The only music I had heard was the music I had to audition with, so...
2: And what, out of curiosity, what did you audition with?
0: Oh my gosh, it's such a long time now. Um,
2: Sorry, I'm just. This is the first yeah. person we've had in the studio yeah. ever. so I'm just. That's little. where
0: I got my start. Um, yeah, I think it was the song that was like, "I want you to know that it's oh, our yes. time." Like. Yes. That was, that was popping back then. Yeah, it was
1: popping, but yeah, it was popping. Yeah. Because you sound disappointed. Because, <laughs> well, sh- sh-
0: <laughs> Like, okay, so we did EDM, but because of the way we got booked, we were always doing like top 40, house, future yeah, exactly. base. We never got into like more of the-
1: The, the underground the stuff. The fun stuff. Yes, the fun <laughs> the stuff. The
0: stuff that I also liked, but.
1: Yes. Right, right. So from that tour, what was next for you?
0: Yeah, so I was working with them for two years. I got super burned out because my entire life was like, wake up, go to class, go to rehearsal, go to perform, wake up, go to class. And all my mm-hmm. classes were music-based as well. Yeah. So as soon as I graduated, I actually sold everything I owned. I bought a one-way t- t- ticket to Egypt and I just hit the road around like the world. You
1: full-sent it. Yeah. Out of, you were just like, Egypt.
0: Bye. Yeah. Wow. So I, for like over a year, I was traveling by myself through parts of Africa and Asia. And then eventually I made my way over to Europe and then... At first, I wasn't doing any music, but by the time I got to Southeast Asia, somebody I had met gifted me a ukulele, and then I just started playing everywhere. I would ask people on the street if I could join them. I was up on stage at bars and restaurants with whatever band was there. I was playing with locals until like four in the morning. Mm -hmm. It was just... Crazy, but fun.
1: I know this isn't really related to yeah. much of anything, but I just <laughs> okay. feel like we brushed past the whole I bought a one way ticket to Egypt. Yeah. Thing. Like I was super- going <laughs> yeah, to say the same thing. <laughs> like, I don't want to just brush past that. Like, that's just like a casual thing.
0: Yeah, I guess that's not as casual as I think it is. <laughs> Most
1: people in the world aren't like, you know what? <laughs> Screw it with this life. I'm going to Egypt. Yeah. What made you choose Egypt specifically? That is a good question. Egypt.
0: Well, I really wanted to go to Africa. And then Egypt is kind of one of those places that like growing up, it's just one of those things you always see, like the pyramids of Giza Mm -hmm. or like the Eiffel Tower or Big Ben. So when I was deciding on Africa and where to start, I was like, okay, you know what? I was either going to start in Morocco or Egypt, but the ticket to Egypt was cheaper. So I Mm -hmm. started in Egypt before I headed down south to like South Africa and all those countries as well. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And was it just like, I just want to live there for a while. I'm going to figure out what I do there (laughs) when I get there.
0: Uh, so my first country, cause it was like my first time traveling solo mm-hmm. for a long time. I was a little more planned out. I kind of knew what I was doing day to day, but I would say after I got to South Africa and for the rest of my trip, it was more like, yeah, I might stay here three days. I might stay here four days. I might stay here a week or maybe I'll leave tomorrow. So mm-hmm. it was kind of just up in the air. Sometimes I would hear things from other people like, Hey, did you hear about this country or this city? Like you should go. And I'm like, okay, sure. I'll go. Yeah. So very are you, flexible. Are you an introvert? No. (laughs)
1: Interesting. So you, as an extrovert, planned a one person trip for an indeterminate amount of time. Yep. Dang.
0: But I made a lot of friends on the road. So yeah, like
1: you learned a lot about yourself being like kind of (laughs) alone in
2: just multiple different unknown locations over and over again.
0: Yeah, I sure did. I learned to like trust myself a lot more because I remember living in Boston. I lived in a good neighborhood, but a lot of bad things happened there. Mm -hmm. So I was a little bit hesitant of the world and just even like walking down my street and that thing. Yeah. And then I realized after traveling, I was like, for the most part, I mean, people can agree to disagree. But I felt like most times people usually had good intentions when trying to help you out. So Mm -hmm. that kind of worked out.
1: Yeah. So you've been kind of a self-made person there for (laughs) a long time.
0: Yeah, I guess so. <laughs>
1: I feel like that's probably really done you well in trying to establish yourself more in the last, what, four months now?
0: Yeah, for sure. I yeah. mean, it's nice, I guess, when you're kind of on like that more independent track just because mm-hmm. you're the one calling the shots all the time. Yeah. So that works.
1: And you kind of have to be uh, yeah. in order to, to really like make forward progress. You have to be like... You know, driven, energetic, but like passionately saying, We're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, I'm gonna try this, yep. I'm gonna go this way. <laughs> like, it takes a lot. So,
0: yeah, for sure. I mean, I always like a good adventure. So, usually when something new comes my way, I'm like, Yeah, okay, yeah, let's do it. Yeah.
1: So, you were casually, you know, traversing the world. Yep. And some music things happened.
0: Yep. Played every bar, restaurant, everywhere I could find. Eventually, I was like, You know what? I love music. I'm gonna go back to it. I'm not burned out anymore. So I came back to the United States. I moved out to Los Angeles, just in time for the pandemic to start. Ah, yes. So I remember like people out here in Chicago will say, oh, our grocery stores were empty. Where I lived in Los Angeles, you could not even find like a squished onion on the ground. It was empty. My Mm. roommates and I were eating rice and like frozen fruit for two, three weeks. Mm. So then finally I just packed up my sedan and I drove back to Chicago. Um, I kind of took that as a sign. I was like, you know what? I was burned out and now the pandemic's happening. Maybe music is not where I'm supposed to be. So I just got like a regular job. And that's how I met that one girl who was like, Oh, you should just do one song. And Mm -hmm. then now here I am again, back in music,
1: casually doing one song and then became a bunch of songs and
0: (laughs) became a tour. And (laughs) yeah,
1: right. So, Why when you first started doing music like you've been doing it forever, but yeah Beyond practically more like what was it about music that just made you feel like this is this is me This is like where I feel most comfortable. This is what I'm most passionate about.
0: Yeah, to be honest at first I really had no idea Um, When I was first getting into like the whole Broadway scene and that kind of thing I remember being in sixth grade and I had this friend named Kayla and she came up to me and she was like hey there's a school musical you should come audition and Mm. I was like no I don't sing yeah so anyway she dragged me to the audition and I remember standing in my audition and the people who are uh the casting directors stopped me halfway through and they're like why aren't you in choir like where have you been and I was like well I play viola in the orchestra (laughs) so uh Yeah, that one casting director stopped me and she was like, no, this is what you need to be doing with your life. Like, you need to be singing. Hmm. So I gave it a shot. I did my first show. And then, I don't know, just something about being on stage, being in that process of rehearsals, learning music was just so fulfilling and so much fun that I was addicted. I just had to do it all the time. Yeah. So I think after that first show, it already clicked in my head. I was like, you know what? This is what I'm going to (laughs) do. So
1: you talked about this idea of burnout. Yep. Um. What about this current season have you, like, put in place to keep yourself from hitting that burnout again? Like, I know that you hit that season for a while, and then you're like, okay, you know what, I think (laughs) I'm ready to get back into music. Yeah. Do you feel like that taught you some things in this season now?
0: Absolutely. I think the biggest thing to avoid it is just balance. I know so many people talk about this idea of balance, but... The first time when I was with that EDM group and I was touring with them, I really didn't have any balance. All my friends were musicians. All we did on lunch breaks was talk about music. Anytime I had even a small break in my head, I was like running musical numbers in my head. I was tapping out rhythms. I was mm. logging in and doing my pro tools homework whatever I had. Yeah. Whereas I feel now with this one, I'm One, more relaxed because I'm doing my own music and it's a lot more fun. Mm -hmm. But I also kind of bring more of that idea of balance into my life. So I have like a one-year-old puppy. So I have Mm -hmm. no choice but to like take him on walks. So we go on walks and we play. Um, I try to put a lot of emphasis now on like my family and my friends. Mm -hmm. So whenever they're like, hey, do you want to grab lunch? Do you want to get dinner? I try to make it a really strong point to go out of my way to make sure that I can be there. Mm -hmm. Because that kind of does help balance but also You know, it's family and friends. They're important too. And my dog. He's also important.
1: Yeah. I know music for a long time has been more than a hobby for you, but... I'm curious, Lucas. You were kind of in this position too for a while. Yeah, yeah. You know where I'm going. 100%, you,
2: I, I knew as soon as you started talking about that, Bruno, I was like, that sounds way too familiar. You, yeah. you want to take over? Or you want me to
1: to keep going? Um,
2: keep going, but I will come in at some point. Okay. I see where you're going first. This
1: idea of music going, switching from a hobby to becoming your job. Yeah. Is it's it's tricky, right? Because in one sense, you're living your dream. And it's amazing. And you hear people be like, oh, wow, you know, you're living the dream. And you're like, yeah, (laughs) but there's this, there's this tricky thing that happens when it's now the thing that you have to do to make money. Even if you have like a side job, holding it down, like there's this switch. Have you felt that? And how have you navigated switching music from being a hobby to like your career?
0: Well, I guess in one sense I would be fortunate because Music was my career, even at the age of 12. So I could Mm -hmm. not have any other job but music at that time. Yeah. Um, But now that I'm an adult as well, I don't know. Balancing it, I guess, because it's it's never really been a hobby. It's always just been a career thing. Mm -hmm. I think it's just finding those things that you like about it and that you love about it. And then that kind of keeps you focused. So it doesn't feel like such a day job. It doesn't feel like a drag. Mm -hmm. You never get bored of it. You never get upset with it. It's just... Find those things that originally made you passionate about it and kind of hold on to that as you're going through the times that you don't like. Because, I Mm -hmm. mean, with any job, whether it's music, whether you're a model, whether you're an accountant, there's always going to be those days where you're like, you know what, I could be doing so many other things and have this or that if I changed my lifestyle mm-hmm. but then there's always those moments where it's like you know what like I remember that first time I hit stage and that's why I'm doing it or you're working in a studio and you help this artist reach like their ideal song or like the ideal note that they want to hit and you're like wow this is that moment that got me here and why I love doing this yeah so just hold on to like those those moments
2: when you started traveling the world I'm um, yeah. saying like I'm done with music I'm just gonna recharge <laughs> and then you found yourself touring again writing music again and it became a profession. Did you feel this, like, shift in pressure at all when you started writing music?
0: Uh, I would say, I guess, man, I hate to be that traveler, traveler that's, it's so cliche to say, like, oh, yeah, traveling changed my life. <laughs> sure. But, um, it really did. Because, I like, mean,
1: you literally yeeted yourself to Egypt. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, you like, know That'll change what? your life. I don't really it's think okay I like the Midwest that. anymore. How about <laughs> I go to Egypt? Yeah, Egypt you know,
0: it's just, it's like an everyday thought. I mean, yeah. who doesn't think about that? I'm
2: right. Currently thinking about it now. Yeah. <laughs>
0: exactly. Um. Yeah, um, I think traveling did play a huge role in that only because now having to play with musicians that didn't speak my language or gave me instruments that I had never seen before or play songs that I've never heard before. You kind of just learn to just relax on stage. I feel like before that, I was just so perfectionist about everything that happened with every production I do, every moment I'm on stage, everything had to be exact. Whereas now that I'm doing this new stuff and it's like my own thing, I'm more relaxed with it. Because I know things are gonna go south. There's gonna be a lot of obstacles. And I can tell you, like, even on my tour, there has been crazy things that have happened that I think might shake other musicians when they try to perform. But like for me, it's just that idea of just kind of relaxing and just being in the moment kind of helped.
1: There was a time I um at my old church, I was playing Hammer Dulcimer. Don't know if you've ever seen that. <laughs> yep. It's like, yep. Uh and I I was playing a song and I botched it real bad enough that there was like awkward silence. And I filled the silence by saying, anyone like Carol of the Bells? Oh, no. And I started <laughs> playing Carol of the Bells.
0: Oh, wow. Uh, it, was, it
1: was great. It bought time for the other people to like fix what needed to be fixed. But Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, uh, just like, keep it
0: relaxed. Keep it chill. Right. Know? I love telling
1: that story because there was actually I didn't feel really embarrassed. I actually that moment made it feel more like we're a family. Yeah. And it was kind of like, who are we kidding? We're all just like, I'm not trying to like impress you with all this. Stuff. We're just all here in this together.
0: Exactly. Plus, like at the end of the day, there's always going to be people who don't like what you're doing, don't like your message, don't like who you're about. And there's going to be people who absolutely love it. So mm-hmm. it's like the only one person you really have to impress that day is is yourself. Just be happy with what you do. Right. So
1: this idea of contentment not based on how well the outcome of this yeah. thing is but the fact that you get to daily be in the position you're in.
0: Exactly. Like with my music career, I'm not somebody who's chasing fame, I'm not chasing money. I'm just chasing an opportunity to do something that I love for as long as I can. Mhm. So
1: Yeah, that's really cool. So within that, in the last, you know, season you've been in a lot of different categories of the industry you've done a lot of live stuff and (laughs) like the whole traveling around the country to do shows um but you've also done the like let's work in a studio work on this kind of song work with these people like what of all of the experiences you've had so far in the industry do you feel like you've enjoyed most
0: I really love the songwriting aspect of the industry the most I Mm. mean I have worked a lot of different roles, I've worn a lot of hats, but I always find myself enjoying the songwriting process whether it's in a collaboration or solo. That's always kind of been my wheelhouse and where I feel most at home. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's cool. Have you done a lot of co-writing or do you do mostly like your own independent songwriting?
0: For my own music right now, all of it, especially like my tour music has all been just me. Okay. But having worked as a songwriter in the past, usually those kind of got or those jobs are usually collaborations. So mm.
1: That's cool. Yeah. So in your experience in the studio, this is something I like to ask people because it's kind of a (laughs) cool thing to talk about. Um, have you had bad experiences in the, in the studio? Mostly like, um, working with other people, things like that. I think it's been one of the things I like to talk about on the podcast is, um, walking through the process of what it is like working in the studio. And if people could learn from, um, mistakes that other people have made or problems that have happened to say like okay I know who to look for who I want to work with I know like hearing some good stories some bad stories of the process
0: I would say if I have like any bad stories about studio recording it's actually always before we ever hit the studio okay so one of the songs on my debut album I think it's called all that is actually inspired by this because when I was first looking to come out as a solo artist, I had reached out to a lot of producers and a lot of different studios. I think I had worked with almost like five different producers and like none of them worked out. The first producer pretty much just gave up halfway through the project. He was like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. The second producer, I flew out to Boston to work with and he ghosted me the moment I landed. So we never even got into the studio. The third producer told me that no one ever wanted to hear my voice and no one wanted to listen to my music anyway. The fourth one I worked with, asked me what the heck I was doing in the industry. So, but I mean, yeah, you run into really bad people, but it's kind of like dating. Eventually you find that studio that works and that producer that really clicks and then something magical happens. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: so the guy, I actually, for me personally, I ended up setting up my own home studio cause I had a background in audio and en- like recording audio engineering. Mm-hmm. So I would record my own vocals. I would work on the production and then I actually sent it to a mix and master engineer out in Vermont. And he and I have been working together a lot on a, few projects now so
1: nice things have been going smoother yeah
0: so once I think I found my like golden moment it was a lot easier Mm -hmm. I would say um the worst experience I had in a studio studio was actually on an instrumental session okay I got hired for a film scoring project and I was supposed to play viola but then they gave me the violin part and I was like I'm not prepared for this (laughs) right so I was playing it but I granted for those who don't know, viola is a lower-sounding instrument than a violin. Viola's violin, better. Ha- thank you. <laughs> That's just true. Violin has higher strings, so they can play higher notes. Um, so the violin part they gave me had all these very high notes, which on a violin is much easier to hit. But on a viola, all of a sudden, instead of playing down here... Oh, you, you had, have to 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 yeah. I had to play the violin part on the viola. To play the violin part. So I was way up on my fingerboard playing all these really high notes, and they didn't sound as pretty as they could have been with a violin. Yeah. And I'll never forget just having to play like this really high, I think it was like maybe an F6 or something. And the audio engineer just kept like stopping. He's like, okay, play it again. Play it again. He's like, you're just a little under. And I'm like, I don't know what you want from me. I'm on a viola here. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that that sucks. You had this whiplash moment of him going, not quite my tempo over and over oh again. Oh my God. I just <laughs> saw
0: that movie for the first time like oh, last week.
2: It's, it's insane. brought
0: I've, me brought me back so many berkeley memories Mm -hmm. i've had
2: some (laughs) teachers like that in my time as well
0: me
2: too i mean i feel like every musician has to have at least one of those to like to really get the confidence but at the same time maybe not that much
0: yeah it was extreme i think my first day of berkeley so granted i had never had any jazz experience and they put me in this ensemble class because that's part of your curriculum. Mm-hmm. And this ensemble was like a high-level jazz ensemble. So my first day, we just start up with this chart, and he's like, "All right, Laken, you take a solo now." So I'm doing my thing. I have never soloed. I don't know anything about jazz. So mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, it wasn't bad, but everything was very pentatonic. It was within the scale. And he was like, "No, we need more tensions. You need to be grabbing jazz from other." Jazz is like
1: break the rules. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So then he stopped the band like two measures into me soloing, and he was like, "Laken." do you really need the band to hide your inconsistencies? And I was like, Oof. I'm so sorry, professor. I don't know anything about jazz. What can I do to be better next time? And he just turned his back and walked out of the room and was like, class dismissed.
1: Jeez. I was
0: like, Oh my gosh, that's rough. Yeah. So
1: one of the things consistently that like Lucas and I, we've talked about this, that we've noticed we've been a studio now for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, so not super long, but pretty consistently with any client that we've worked with that has worked other places, like they have, <laughs> kind of come in with this posture of we've had a lot of bad experiences before and we don't want to get burned again yeah that's
0: a thing it feels
1: common that's one of the reasons i like to ask that question too is because i think a lot of people have had like this feeling of like their craft is like undervalued as soon as they walk into the studio
0: yeah it's a scary thing especially because then you get in your head about it and that's never a good place to be yeah i mean once you find a place that works you get so used to it and it's such a safe space for you that sometimes it can be hard to branch out to other producers to other songwriters to really get into the collaborations Mm -hmm. but yeah no that's a real thing like not or going to someplace new and being like you know what just low expectations because you've already been hurt so many times along the way
1: right like the creative process is a weirdly vulnerable one
0: yeah no kidding (laughs) I mean yeah you're it's like your child, like you're putting yourself into this. Like these are your lyrics or this is your melody. This is your rhythm. I mm-hmm. mean, it's an extension of like your own personality and who you are, which yeah. could be really scary to be that extroverted with it or mm-hmm. that personal with people who are just hearing it and have no context of what's going on in your life or who you are.
1: Right. And like, I, w- I think it was just yesterday, I was talking to somebody about the idea of the creative mind being such a delicate thing because if it's properly encouraged... Like even if someone brings an idea that's not a great idea or isn't the idea that sticks, like if it's properly encouraged, it can actually be the conduit to like continued great ideas and pushing farther and farther. (laughs) And if it's not handled right, even in subtle ways and be like, that was a dumb idea. We're not going to do that. (laughs) It just kind of creates this. It stifles the creativity. It's like a huge, deep, interesting psychological thing that's just like challenging about overleaning into the industry side of like, we got to push this and make this work. It's just tricky.
0: Yeah. And you never know, like... Maybe the song that you've worked with, I don't know, a hundred people on mm-hmm. and everyone told you this is not the one, this is not it, this is not working, like none of this is good. Yeah. Might be the one that you re- release on an album and then takes off. Right. So you never everyone's got like their own opinions on things. You just mm-hmm. gotta stay true to yeah. like what you believe in your project.
1: Right. It's like as a producer, I've had to learn if I If I think something, what someone is suggesting, if I think it's a bad idea, is it because I think it's a bad idea, like personally, like I wouldn't (laughs) listen to that or is it because I don't think it'll like people connect with it kind of disassociating from like, this is what I personally like to this is what I think matches them as an artist and will build them up because whatever they're doing is working for them and I want to help them do that thing, not me, which is, it's tricky, but it's kind of fun too, um, trying to like get into somebody else's sound and space and like yeah, build that up.
0: Especially working on the back end of it, like being in the studio mm. or in the booth. Like it can be hard, especially if it's like in a genre or subgenre that you're not familiar with or maybe isn't like your cup of tea. Mm-hmm. But you always have to like keep in mind, like is it my personal opinion or is it actually going to benefit the song?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So how much longer are you on this tour as of right now?
0: <laughs> well, my Boston show got rescheduled. So that's happening in September. So okay. for sure until September, nice. um, but we'll see. I mean, new dates get added all the time. I know there was talk of me maybe going up to London and crossing the pond and maybe doing a few shows over there. So nice, we will see.
1: Um, and what's, what's next after that? Do you have any ideas?
0: Yeah. So I'm actually using this tour to kind of workshop a lot of my new music. Okay. So I kind of like to see how audiences are reacting, if they like it, what's working, what's not working, mm-hmm. and I've had a pretty positive response. So I think when I get closer to like maybe the end of my tour dates, I'm gonna start hopping into the studio and really polishing up these songs for okay. another release.
1: Because you haven't real, you haven't released much or any of them
0: yet. No, they're all unreleased except uh, for like two songs in my set. But very fun. Yeah,
1: that's pretty dope. <laughs>
2: with wow. this new style like what's been your biggest influence your biggest musical influence I on the change?
0: um I am obsessed with like Doja Cat, Billie Eilish and Ariana Grande. I mm-hmm. would say like as far as production goes and kind of like the overall context of the song, they're like a huge influence. Um yeah, I am sure. not a rapper like <laughs> like Doja is, but
1: neither am I, so that's cool. We got yeah. it in common. But... Maybe you're just not a rapper yet.
0: Right, exactly. So on Snapchat, I do these things called Freestyle Fridays, where okay. I just, like, send people a random freestyle, whether it's good or bad. And it became so popular that people started asking me to do it at my shows. Yeah. So if you ever catch me on tour, I actually do have one song where I 100% freestyle at every single show. It's different. So... Nice. That's my little shout-out to Doja. I will never be as gifted as she is at rapping. Not for a long time, maybe, but...
1: I mean, if you feel like that's the <laughs> that's the place you gotta lean into, No, nah, no,
0: nah, it's good. Nah. <laughs> I like it because like rapping and those kind of lyrics and that kind of thing, and coming off of it, at the top of your head is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But I think as far as stylistically go goes, I'm more attracted to like the production side of her music, which is kind of where that influence comes in.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not trying to be a rapper, unfortunately. I don't think that's in my cards right now. It
1: doesn't I mean? Doesn't seem like your vibe.
0: No. But who knows? Really. Yeah. Right?
1: The future is bright and uncertain.
0: Exactly. I mean, I never thought I was gonna do EDM and then I did EDM. Right.
1: So. I mean, no one ever thinks they're gonna do EDM, right, Lucas? I would never.
2: <laughs> I would never even consider it once. Exactly. I would never work for months on four different songs that are all EDM. Never once. Never not once. never once. I
0: feel like that's how all like DJ producers, EDM producers are. They're like, Yeah, I didn't know I was gonna do it and then I just got like Ableton one day and just Yep, that was my life.
2: <laughs> I started out. The fr- I started out wanting to produce indie music, and somehow I took a left turn. So,
0: I mean, it happens. I also started wanting to like solo career into indie and didn't. So,
2: mm. it just EDM just consumes us all.
1: It's like, yep. a, it's like
0: a void. <laughs> it's a e- rite of passage. EDM's the big brother
1: that's like, hey, <laughs> how you doing? <laughs>
0: I know you said you're more into the guitar but like it'll hit you one of these days right
1: all of a sudden one day like Lucas is gonna come in and be I'll be like Lucas I haven't slept all night listen to this it's like it's it's, 97 layers yeah (laughs) just get stuck deep in like the house genre
0: yeah you know four to the floor right get some massive in there why not yeah it could happen Exactly. It
1: probably won't happen. I'm just going to be honest, Lucas.
0: Hey, you said my rap career might happen still. So your EDM phase might happen still. Yeah,
1: you Mr. Optimist you. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) So if you could produce an album that this is like a reverse question that is like in a genre you would never peg for yourself.
0: Oh my gosh, you I like, would do rap. Yeah. <laughs> if I could pull it off, I know it's like a confidence thing. Like I'm kinda like, asking,
1: what's your anti genre? You know what I mean?
0: My well, I mean, I feel like an anti genre you wouldn't like enjoy. Like right.
1: That's that's more what I'm asking. In a in an alternate reality where you are the opposite of yourself, but you're still a musician, what genre of music are you?
0: Hmm. No hate, because I do listen to all genres. Are I think it say makes country? you no actually. Oh, okay. I would say like the anti version of me would definitely be like really hard metal. I don't know if I could ever be like in a microphone, just like, ah,
1: (laughs) although I feel like like long purple hair is kind of a metal move.
0: Yeah, actually maybe. I mean, I was doing a runway gig and they were like, we're going to make your hair like a pinkish purple. And I was like, do it up. (laughs) Nice. So that's how I ended up with this.
1: Nice. Nice. Lucas, what's your anti genre? Uh, (laughs) It's anything that's purest. Um, no, I'm
2: kidding. Um, Lucas, would,
0: I'm
1: going to be honest. I can't hear you. Yeah,
0: I also can't hear I you. I pulled
2: up 15, not 16. My bad. Um, <laughs> I, would probably, I, was gonna, I was making the joke of anything that's purest, just to spite you, Jeremiah. Oh. Uh. Um, but no, I would probably say in, what your guess for her was, which would be country. Yeah.
0: Oh, wait. I second that. Maybe I would be metal before I was ever a jazz musician. I don't know if I would be a jazz cat.
2: Okay. That might be my anti. Berkeley has
1: changed her. (laughs) It has scarred her.
0: I'm sorry, Berkeley. I know you originated in jazz, but yeah, Berkeley.
1: I now just have this image of you on stage in like a cigar lounge doing like scat, (laughs) like a scooby-dop, doo-dop-dop.
0: Jazz. I don't. (laughs) that might be the anti version of me <laughs> maybe love, in another world
1: i love jeremiah's
2: interpretation of jazz <laughs> about jazz.
0: okay but like do you really need the band to hide your inconsistencies
1: uh <laughs> you know i feel like i'm inconsistent enough without any other help
0: oh there you go yeah. confidence i like it
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. so I'm curious you've been working you said you you've went to Berkeley. You know a lot about audio engineering. You have like your own kind of studio set up at home. Why do you work with producers?
0: I like to collaborate. I mean, I love getting other people's ideas and feedback and kind of seeing where their mind might be with a song and then where I might be going with a song. I Mm -hmm. think something really special happens when you can have people who work together. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Have you had points in a creative process with someone where you guys feel like you're kind of (laughs) butting heads on an idea? And how do you decide who wins in that?
0: Yeah. So I was hired for this job went back when I was in college and I was working with this other person who was from Berkeley as well. OK. And we just could not see eye to eye on anything like it was supposed to be an EDM track. And I didn't quite like where the drop was going. And he's like, no, this is where the drop has to be. He's like, I don't like where your lyrics are going. And I was like, well, this is supposed to be a future bass song. And you're trying to make it like very house right now. I was like, it's it's a different vibe. Yeah. Um, how did it work out? it didn't (laughs) but that's okay you know not everything works out yeah yeah
1: did you ever finish the track or are you just like no we're done
0: i think we both finished our own version of the same song and we both pitched it so
1: who's won i don't know if like oh they decided to
0: scrap the song off the album completely so (laughs) nice (laughs) yep
1: so nobody wins nobody wins yeah good old what would have been
0: but he and I are still friends, so it works out. But. That's
1: good. I mean, like on speaking terms, it didn't. Yeah, it friendship. didn't kill
0: our friendship, but right, we did not see eye to eye on a single part of that song. We yeah. were so different.
1: That's the interesting part of collaborating. Like even like Lucas and I, we've been working on some more stuff just for fun, just the two of us. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how do we like? It's more of that learning how to play well with others, right? Yeah, -hmm. "Yeah, let's try that instead of just like, no, that's not how I heard it. You know, like being open to (laughs) trying other stuff because there's likely when two minds come together and they're actually working together, you're going to make something better than either one of you could do yourself. Exactly. Um, Learning how to encourage each other and that is, it's always a valuable lesson.
0: For sure. Well, I feel like sometimes you can also like as a songwriter kind of get stuck in the rut of like saying the same message but with different words or doing the same melodies over and over again, Mm -hmm. which is not bad, but then that's where like that collaboration comes in and it's like, oh, you know what, I love what you did with the melody there, like we're gonna keep that in the song. Mm -hmm. Or hey, you know what, I love your lyrics but have you thought about like this one little change? Mm -hmm. And I love moments like that, so.
1: Yeah, that's cool. So, suppose someone's listening to this and they're like, the thing that you're doing, I wanna do that, (laughs) like. You're still very much in process, moving yeah. somewhere and you don't know where it's going to go. But being in that spot of, you know, music, it may not be my full time thing right now, but it is the thing I'm going after and I'm in the yeah. studio and I'm on stage and I'm going across the country and like, I want to do that. What would be your pieces of encouragement, things that you've learned and like just advice you'd give in getting started?
0: I would say like the biggest advice I have is like, one, just get started. I know so many musicians who are like, ah, oh, I can't release my first song. It's just, it's not right yet. I don't want this to be the first one. I'm like, just, just put something out there. Cause then that'll open the door for you to release so many other things. Mm-hmm. The other piece of advice that I learned along the way is like, don't be afraid to ask for what you want. Mm-hmm. If you're negotiating contracts, don't be afraid to like, Hey, can we renegotiate these dates? Can we renegotiate this price? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not having a great time in a studio, don't be afraid to stop the producer and be like, hey, you know what? Like, I think I can deliver this vocal a little bit better, but can we turn up the drums a little bit? Instead of playing a C major chord, can we change it to minor? Mm -hmm. I wanna get a different feel on this song. So don't be afraid to ask for what you want. Don't be afraid to get started. And finally, don't discount anyone you've met in your life. Like, I can't tell Mm -hmm. you how many times that the people who have had the most influence on me getting to where I am are people that I haven't talked to in eight years that I thought would never, one time in my life have interest in my music and now all of a sudden they're like you know what I want to come in and I want to choreograph your background dancers yeah or they're like hey you know what I met you one time in a hostel and we were both drinking and I want to produce a song with you yeah so you just never know like those little small connections I mean my last debut album I was really fortunate that even after six months, like I had already hit like a hundred thousand streams, 147 countries. I was Mm -hmm. very fortunate with that. Yeah. But a lot of it was attributed to those small little connections I meet along the way. So Mm -hmm. just keep an open mind to it. Cause you never know like that person that maybe you had kindergarten with might be like the next hotshot guitar player that can Mm -hmm. really rip up your next track. So,
1: yeah. And I think this idea of giving yourself grace in the process is really important too. It's kind of like what you said with, don't be afraid to just get started. Yeah. Like, um, I joke and rip on Lucas a little bit. I was gonna say, Jeremiah, I think you're making too many points. No, to me right I'm, now. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not about to get passive aggressive because uh-huh, uh-huh, I gave uh-huh. context. People know what I'm talking about. It's just aggressive. It's
0: <laughs> no. just aggressive. No. This is about you now, okay? Cool. Yeah, yeah.
1: This is an intervention. Actually. Some people she came on this podcast to be
0: exactly yeah, Believe it or not.
1: No, but truly, the idea of, of getting started. I remember my first album that I made, just personally for myself. That looking back. I think is garbage
0: I mean me too but people still love my first album right
1: (laughs) and it's like and but I remember I spent hours and hours and hours and hours on each song and I was like trying to perfect it and I got to this point where I was like I just have to call it done and release it and um, and I still like it's on Spotify under a different name hidden deep somewhere but it's like I don't plan on taking (laughs) it off because it's kind of important to me it's like a story of how I got to where I am
0: That's how I feel about it, too. Yeah. Like there are things about my last album that I wish were different, that were better, but I don't think I would ever change it because Mm -hmm. like that's what got me started. That's where everything began. So
1: I also get the sense that I'm probably always going to feel that way about stuff because I'm always going to be getting better. And it's just the nature of creative work to feel like whatever I did back then was was awful. Not like what I'm doing (laughs) now.
0: Exactly. I mean, like the music I have on my tour right now, I love it. Mm-hmm. So like anyone who wants to come watch me on tour for sure should come on tour and watch the music. But Fair I'm it. sure like maybe five years from now, I'll be working on something else that I'm even more passionate about. And I'll mm-hmm. look back and be like, ah, oh, I can't believe I did that on tour.
1: Right. You're like, I sang these songs in public. <laughs> I freestyled for how long? <laughs>
0: oh my gosh. Okay. So the freestyle, I don't think will ever be I released. That is a self
1: to Doja Cat? <laughs> no, I didn't on compare. a podcast?
0: Oh my gosh. If anything, I'm like the $5 version of Doja maybe.
1: Oh, please.
0: <laughs> the dollar store version. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, I, Doja, I love you. If you ever listen to this, like, girl, go off.
1: Yeah, you should come on the podcast. We'll talk about yeah, Doja. Please come on the podcast. Yeah.
0: yeah, come on the podcast. Let's collab. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, but
1: yeah, like that. That idea of <laughs> recognizing that you're in a process and like finding that balance between making something that's the best you can and understanding yeah. that you're in a process and giving yourself grace to just enjoy the journey.
0: Exactly, really enjoy important. it, relax. Don't be so hard on yourself. Be a little forgiving. I mean, there will always be things you want to change, but yeah. just Again, go with it.
1: this feels like an intervention. It this really... is
0: an intervention. <laughs> Lucas,
1: listen. It's time that you release those songs.
0: Let's hear it. Now presenting we'll the EDM you. songs of we'll, Lucas. We'll,
1: right. <laughs> yeah, we'll sh- we'll show you stuff. We'll show you when, when we go offline and you'll be like, why have you not w- just released them? And he'll be like, it's, <laughs> it's not quite. The mix is not where I want it. That's a real
0: thing that or maybe I'll be a hater I'll be like you know what this is trash
2: Ooh. heard that before so. I'm kidding no <laughs>
0: oh my gosh
2: I
1: said that just to make you feel bad I'm sorry
0: oh no I'm so sorry who hurt you <laughs> who
1: hurt you anyway that's a different <laughs> conversation yeah. because we'll have to get you on the podcast sometime
0: Ooh, can I sure. ask the questions
1: <laughs> yes we yeah, you, just do yeah, yeah, you can, say, yeah we can the like, reverse rules we're just all yeah. in a different chair <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: I'll Perfect. sit where Jeremiah
1: sits yeah that sounds okay. I think Lakin would have to sit where I sit and she'll ask you questions oh, that's I'll r- be in the uh, producer
2: okay there we go.
0: Okay, sounds good.
1: That'll that'll work. Same time next week.
0: Let's do it. Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Sign me up. Yeah.
2: I can't wait to have even more like, so why do you not like your music? Do you not like yourself enough? Like
1: more, yeah.
0: Bring it on. Don't yeah. give me good ideas.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Uh, well, we're about out of time. Is there anything else that you would like to say before we're like, hmm?
0: I mean, I will do my my, I guess, plug. Um, Oh,
1: yeah. Please tell people how to find you.
0: Yeah. So the hardest part about finding me is spelling my name. Mm -hmm. My name is Lakin, L-E-I-K-Y-N. If you can spell that, you'll pretty much find me everywhere. YouTube, Vivo, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Prime, whatever. So L-E-I-K-Y-N, look it up. Come on. Come watch my show. I'll be doing my home my homecoming show in June for my tour. So very exciting. Homecoming. Yeah.
1: Where is it at?
0: It's out in Lakeview. Okay. Venue name, I can't remember off the top of my head. Cool. But it's in June. Sounds great. June just
2: go show up and and it's on my website. Yeah, it's on the website. That's a much better solution than what I had in mind, which was just to
1: show up and ask around.
0: Just (laughs) show up downtown. You're like, Hey, has anyone seen a girl with pink hair just like performing?
1: She's got a weird name. I don't remember. Yeah, it's
0: like (laughs) Lyklin or something.
1: Yep. Lincoln. Lakin. Lincoln.
0: No, no, no. Lakin. Before anyone's confused. Lakin. Lakin. Yeah.
1: Lakin. Well, like, yeah. thank you, Lakin,
0: Thank for you your for time. having me. This is great.
1: And uh, have a nice rest of your tour. Thanks. Yeah. Love to hear how it goes. It'll be fun. Yeah. Any <laughs> final words, Lucas? Same time, <laughs> same, same time next week? Same time next week. Same time next week. Sounds good. All right.